everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. You're here with I Need No Name and Samrin today. And uh, in light of Bayern's 5-1 defeat, the second time since 2019, to Eintracht Frankfurt, in I want to ask, how are you doing? Um, I'm still alive, unfortunately. And that's about all I can say, really. I did happen to watch some actual good football today courtesy of Stuttgart and Leverkusen. So I feel a little bit better. But the fact is that the way Bayern Munich is playing right now is not only affecting my mental health, it's also affecting my physical health because I have been sick all week. I am not surprised to hear that. I hear Tuchel Ball can do that to you. But on that note, I wonder what Tuchel Ball really is because just like you, I watched Leverkusen and Stuttgart play today. Two teams with very clear identities. And the game, the XG for both teams, and I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of XG and all that, but it was over three. For the first half, Stuttgart dominated. The second half, Leverkusen dominated, but Stuttgart found a way to kind of stem the tide. And what was interesting was Leverkusen went into the break one team and came out a whole other team. And if they had capitalized on that dominance in the first 20 minutes, they'd probably have walked away with three points today. But just just staying with that game for a second, and what do you think Javi Alonso did to switch things up so much without changing the players he had on the pitch? Because I fully expected to see Hoffman out there at the start of the second half. Well, I can't really comment on what specific things he did because I swear I watched half that game half asleep because that's just how it's been lately. But in essence, what ha- what we saw in the Stuttgart v Leverkusen game was two teams who actually know what they are supposed to be doing on the pitch, go at each other, and it was a genuine tactical battle between two coaches with neither side having some insane talent advantage, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not saying that Leverkusen don't have somewhat better the players than Stuttgart. And I'm not saying that the fact that they actually drew doesn't surprise me. But the simple fact is the quality of play we saw there is what you would expect from teams at or near the top of the Bundesliga. And that's something that has been missing from not just Bayern Munich, but from Borussia Dortmund and RB Leipzig lately. Yeah, I think what's so interesting about both of those teams is that Leverkusen need Wirtz to be good, but they don't need him to be excellent for the team to be very good. Same with Stuttgart. They can survive a ride without Girassi. Yes, they lost matches while he was out, but they can rely on Undav. They have, and they can rely on Furish, and they can rely on Banyoman. They just have a very, very good cast. And Chaka in midfield for Leverkusen did a wonderful job. Kusunu playing out of the back two games in a row where Leverkusen drew, and I thought he was incredible where Leverkusen probably deserved to edge both games out just by a little. They definitely should have been in Dortmund. That's points dropped. But I do wanna I do wanna just take this back to what happened with Bayern and Frankfurt yesterday because Bayern went in bad and came out bad. There was the, the personnel changed, but nothing on the pitch changed. And once again, Tuchel comes out and explains it as just another bad day. Just like he did after Saarbrücken, just like he did after Leipzig in the um, Super Cup. And if Tuchel doesn't know what's wrong, 
and and before we get into he doesn't have a real number six look i love granny chaka and i think he's a wonderful player and he is really tough and he does he does a great job in the center of the park but i would still pick a midfield pairing of Kimik and goretzka over um chaka i don't know who played next to him today last week rimaldo had shifted in there to play right next to him but he seemed to be just holding down the fort on his own today to an extent but again I would take Kimik or Goretzka over him. So it just feels like it just feels like Tuchel doesn't have any answers. And his answer is Sane or Kane. His answer is Tuchel. And, uh, and <laughs> that's not a very good answer, as we found out. And, you know, Sane was not great yesterday. And look, that that's fine, right? The guy the guy has just been a house on fire. Like, just, just wonderful all, all season long. But if Sane has a drop in form, that will probably coincide with the drop in form from Kane because the only connection that Kane pretty much has with anybody on the team is Sané. It might have been Muller, but he and Muller haven't really been allowed to form a connection. And it just, if, if Sané drops in form, I think the whole team goes down with him. And just watching Stuttgart today, if Sané is on form, Bayern will probably be fine next week. But that Stuttgart front line, Considering what happened to Barnes' backline last week, I mean, yesterday, oh my goodness. And Barnes' results have progressively gotten worse. 1-0 against Köln, 0-0 against Copenhagen, 5-1 loss to Frankfurt yesterday. And just like, I understand that Tuchel is a world-class coach, yada, yada. But when Niko Kovac lost 5-1 to Frankfurt, Barnes lost with 10 guys. 2-1 down, Boatin got sent off. And I thought that was excusable. And I thought at the time that Kovac should have kept his job because it was unfair to dismiss a coach who had lost 5-1 with 10 men on the pitch. Tuchel lost with 11 and nobody questions his job. Kovac was gone within 24 hours. And Kovac was no slouch. He had beaten Bayern just before he took over as Bayern coach 3-1 in the Pokal final with his Frankfurt team. So I, what, what kind of gives Tuchel the right to demand so much when he has such few answers to drab performances, to poor results. And goodness me, the number of times that Bayern's defense has just been wide open, if you consider the defense from the time that Tuchel took over till now. It's ridiculous. This is not the first time. Leipzig did it. Mainz did it last season. Um, a bunch of other teams did it. City did it with glee, with fun. And I get that City won the, won the treble. Mines were no trouble winners. And Frankfurt sits seventh in the table, were on a streak of four, was had lost four games coming into this one, had lost in the conference league in a in a bad tempered game, which led them to have to play the playoffs because they didn't finish top of their group. I think Frankfurt are a very good team on their day. But Frankfurt are not world beaters and Bayern made them look like trouble winners yesterday. Well, is that a surprise, really? I think the Frankfurt game, the only thing that was surprising about it was the result. Nothing about the Frankfurt game. And I keep saying this, and for whatever reason, this keeps being met with incredulity in the comment section of our blog and in our podcast. Bayern Munich have not been playing good football this season. That is a fact, okay? And people said that Tuchel was making progress. I genuinely want to know what kind of progress was he making, because I never saw it. Against RB Leipzig, we looked horrible. Against 
I actually made a list of these teams. Against Leverkusen, we didn't look good. Against Man United, we didn't look good. Against Copenhagen, we didn't look good. Galatasaray, in the first half of that game in Turkey, they threatened to do to us what Frankfurt actually did here. Okay? The only reason they didn't manage to is basically just luck. Coman happened to just get the ball into the net, and Galatasaray were behind, and therefore they couldn't capitalize. Similarly, we had that same moment of luck against... Frankfurt, where Kane got a single chance to shoot on goal and his shot just went wide. If that goal had gone in, maybe it would have been 1-1 and maybe we would have gone on to win that. Those are the margins we're talking about here. And to be perfectly honest, like, I don't think or I think the reason that Tuchel has not been sacked yet, despite all these performances, is the simple fact that he has gotten away with it until now. This 5-1 is an outlier because he actually got punished for his poor decisions. That that was what I was thinking yesterday when I watched um, Chaibi Shad come off the bar and then Marmouche put it in. I was thinking if Marmouche doesn't start the party there, Bayern probably gets away with it again. Frankfurt capitalized, which is what other teams didn't do. Had Leipzig capitalized, Bayern would have lost that game. Even at 2-2, at like in the 87th minute, Seshko was like clear through on goal. And it took a really good, um, it took a really good save from Ulreich to deny Seshko so late in the game. And Seshko is not the best finisher, just, just judging by what I've seen from Leipzig so far. But that luck... You can only ride out luck for so long, and it was going to come to an end. And for all we know, next week, Stuttgart will miss a chance at one end because Stuttgart has a tendency to not take full advantage of their chances. And Bayern will score on the other end. It might be Chupo for all we know because he seems to be a guaranteed nailed-on starter now. And um, I've got nothing against Chupo. I really like him, and I thought for so much of last season... He the, the Bayern attack really hinged on him and his injury might have been what ended Bayern's campaign in the Champions League and, and more than anything. And maybe even like Nagelsmann's career at Bayern to an extent. But Chupo's on the way out and Tuchel's decisions are mind boggling. Just uh, improvements, in-game decisions. Tuchel is hailed for the in-game decisions that probably have very little to do with him because they're not tactical shifts at all. Tuchel is given credit for so much that he probably does not deserve the credit for. And he cries and yells every week, I don't have my players, I don't have my six, I don't have this, I don't have that. Neither do... Leverkusen is not... I don't even know what the squad value of Leverkusen is, but I would guarantee that it's a lot less than Bayern. And Stuttgart... And people keep saying that Leverkusen are doing well because they happen to have a proper DM in Granit Xhaka. Now, I need to ask you this because you are an Arsenal fan. You tell me, back when Granit Xhaka was at Arsenal, were people at Bayern Munich, people who were supporting Bayern Munich, were they clamoring for Bayern to sign a guy like Granit Xhaka? No, they were not. We were very satisfied with what we had in Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka. The problem now is that Granit Xhaka is in a system that works with him and therefore he's allowed to show off his qualities and therefore he's playing well and therefore people who only seem to watch games through highlights and do not look any deeper than that think that the problem is that we don't have Granit Xhaka and instead we have these bums in our midfield which is what is the source somehow of all of Tuchel's problems. It is the main narrative that I 
feel that has taken hold in the fan base right now. And it's very difficult to argue against on a basic level because it is so simple. But if you just take five minutes to think about it, it completely falls apart. 100%. And just to get back to the squad value uh, point, I'm just looking at it in transfer mark. By Leverkusen's squad value right now, and it's gone up, is 523.25 million euros. Bayern's squad value is 948.15 million. That is a well, there big, you go then. It, it just difference. it just shows you he needs it's not even double. So how how can you expect Tuchel to win? <laughs> I just it, it boggles my mind. How can you ask for more? We have Italy's best defender in this team. We have Who, one of the I best. I should forwards. mind that people are yeah. completely are blaming for the loss yesterday because Kim Min Jae made a lot of mistakes yesterday. But the point is not that. XYZ player made individual errors. It is the fact that in every game that we play, there are always multiple individual errors over and over. And that is that is clearly a systematic issue. Just going back to Granit Xhaka, when he was at Arsenal before Arteta kind of fixed things up, Xhaka was a bad-tempered player. He constantly got red cards. And this was a theme at uh, Gladbach too. Just, just got sent off, things were not working for him. Then Arteta did something which gave Chaka a little more freedom. And his last season at Arsenal might have been his best one. So it was a tactical shift that made Chaka what he is. He didn't just turn into an overnight brilliant player. He did mature, although he almost got into a fight last week at Dortmund. He he does show more of a mature mature side to himself, but his skill set did not suddenly alter completely. It's the system around him that suits him so well. And Javi Alonso knows this. And he's, here's the thing. Leverkusen is a very good team, but it's greater than the sum of its parts. Bayern is nowhere near the sum of its parts. The football is, how can you hail a manager who wins 1-0 over Cologne? who And that is somehow deemed a tactical masterclass when Cologne was, I think at the time, bottom of the table. Cologne looked like they could get an equal equalizer in the last few minutes and that was hailed as game management at 2-0 you do game management at maybe 3-0 you do game management since when does Bayern do game management at 1-0 against Cone? if Cone is like 7th 8th and give Bayern a rough time I get that bottom bottom of the table and at that point I don't think they had beaten anybody but Gladbach and that that just that just right there speaks volumes yesterday whenever Frankfurt came forward and, and honestly, I think 5-1 actually flatters Frankfurt, uh, Bayern because when when Onkunku came on toward the end, and I think Jesse Gankam, they missed some really good chances for Frankfurt. That actually could have been worse. Yeah, and Joshua Kimmich's goal was a complete fluke. Like, it didn't come out of any decent attacking efforts. It just He just happened to get a really good shot outside the box. Yeah. It was a brilliant effort. And Kimmich, Kimmich is capable of those. We know that. And that's, again, l- let me just go back to Kimmich. There. Kimmich is a brilliant, brilliant player. And, like, I would never be in favor of selling Kimmich. He, the, the treble season, he was a wonderful right back. He's a really good midfielder. He's not the most press resistant, but neither was Tony Kroos. And that guy went on to have a brilliant career with Real Madrid. So, the Anybody, anybody who just places, yes, Kimmich lost the ball yesterday, but it is not squarely on him. If a world-class defense is falling apart, if a world-class midfielder is falling apart, and I don't know how anybody can argue that these players are not world-class, I don't know how, 
that is th that argument is even possible. And somehow now 2020 was a fluke um, that Bayern was just fitter. Sure. But let's go back to the Bundesliga and see what Bayern did to all the Bundesliga teams. Okay, take away the Champions League. Let's forget it for a second. Bayern battered pretty much everybody. The only blot on the book was um, a nil-nil draw against Leipzig. That's it. You knew, you knew coming into every Bundesliga game what exactly you were going to get from Bayern. Bayern played uh, Leverkusen, I think, that season in the Pokal final and basically just toyed with them and had fun. It's it, it says volumes that, and at the end of the day, Bayern did beat Barcelona 8-2. And in terms of fitness, let's talk about PSG for a second. Liga A hadn't even finished their season that year. They decided to just declare PSG champions. So guess who had more time to prepare than Bayern? PSG did. Guess who else? Leon did. And Bayern beat both of them on the way to that trophy. And Leon had beaten City that year. So it just, it boggles my mind. And then when Flick's team returned, after like a less than a two-week break, basically, they were equally good. And it was fatigue that did them in. And somehow that is considered a byproduct of Flick's style. Sure. But Bayern had like a two-week break. Fatigue was going to catch up one way or the other, especially in a shortened season. So I just... How can you take away Flick's achievements and even compare Tuchel's Bayern with that Bayern? Tuchel's Bayern has no vision, no identity, is highly dependent on a 100 million striker from England, is highly dependent on Sané having a good day. And while some of the blame, some individual mistakes do fall on the players. You cannot tell me that a high quality team like Bayern struggles against Cohen, struggles against a good Frankfurt side, but a Frankfurt side that is in the Europa Conference League playoffs for a reason. So in, I don't know, do you, what is, what is your take? If you, if you had to give Tuchel's Bayern an identity, what would you say? I think Tuchel's Bayern's main identity is the fact that it's lucky. It is very, it is probably the luckiest Bayern I've ever seen. Like Nagelsmann had a lucky time at Bayern Munich in terms of things that went on outside of the games themselves. Whereas Tuchel's Bayern in games, my goodness, this guy, I, I think a good example is simply the game that we won against, who was it again? Um, My brain is just in a really horrible state. I don't know. I'm just so tired lately. Um, That, so that many, huge game, so, yeah, that huge yeah. win we had where the opponent got two red cards and Darmstadt. right after we got Darmstadt, yes. Yeah. Darmstadt, like, when does that ever happen? When does it happen that when you get a red card, the opponent comes back and then they decided to take two red cards to even things out? How often does that happen to a coach? You compare that to when Flick was in charge. Well, we also had a certain red card game under Flick where Alfonso Davies got an early red card against Stuttgart. So what happened there? 10-man Bayern absolutely annihilated them. A completely different situation. We didn't have to wait for them to slowly even things out. We didn't have to wait till the second half to start scoring all our goals. It's just, it was a completely different. I'm not articulating myself well, so I'm just gonna make it as a comparison. I think that if the current coach's name was Nico Kovac instead of Thomas Tuchel, people would not be advocating for him to stay. The main argument I see made is the fact that some of these players are not good enough to play for Bayern Munich, and that is the reason why we are not successful on the pitch. That argument has some merit, but it is also worth examining, and this is how I'm going to examine it. First of all, I need to point out that every single time 
a coach starts to fail at Bayern Munich. This is the exact same argument that comes about. It happened when Ancelotti was in charge. When Ancelotti was fired, there were several, not just pundits, fans, not just international fans, but Bayern Munich fans themselves, who argued that Ancelotti could not have done anything better than what he did with that squad because it was A, far too old, B, did not have enough quality, C, did not get the investment that it needed in the summer. Sound familiar? Then, Juventus came in and he immediately changed the narrative. Immediately, literally inside a week or two of training, Juventus had completely changed everything and within a month, Bayern Munich were back on top of the table. The same thing happened when Niko Kovac was in charge. The infamous quote where Niko Kovac said that Bayern Munich cannot play like Liverpool. They cannot play at 100 miles per hour or whatever. That was actually received very poorly by the Bayern fan base itself. But certain people who take themselves as very reasonable, the same type of people who you often see defending Tuchel right now on the internet, they said that, yes, this is the exact thing that you should expect from the team because it is not actually that good. You don't have a very high-pressing, high-octane team, so Niko Kovac is doing what he can. And I provided on BFW a link to our podcast where we, it wasn't us on BFW back then, it was Jake and Tom who did the podcast reviewing Bayern sacking Thomas Tuchel. And Jake made these very specific points. Since this was right after a 5-1 loss to Frankfurt, I think it's very important to look at what he said and compare it to now. He literally said, how is it that it is Tuchel's fault, sorry, not Tuchel's, Kovac's fault that Boateng got a red card? How can he be blamed for that? Right. But that is not the reason that Niko Kovac was sacked. Niko Kovac was not sacked because Bayern Munich lost 5-1 as a result of Boateng getting a red card. Niko Kovac was sacked because the performances were not up to snuff. At the time, Bayern Munich were not very high up on the table. That was a very strong mark against him. And that is the reason why he had to go. But in comparison to Tuchel, Niko Kovac, the year before, he had actually won the league and the Pokal. And he had actually shown a very solid performance in the Rukrunda. He lost to Liverpool that year, but Liverpool were definitely the best team in the world. And despite that, Kovac's Bayern did quite well against them, despite missing both Joshua Kimmich and Thomas Muller in the second leg. Now, I'm not going to say that Kovac's Bayern was perfect. It actually wasn't. It was absolutely horrible. And the fact is that he deserved to be sacked. But the point I'm trying to make here is that at the time, a lot of people thought that it was the players at fault. It was the fact that Bayern Munich did not have the quality necessary to compete at the level that the fans expected them to. The fingers were pointed at players such as Kingsley Coman, Serge Gnabry, David Alaba, Jerome Boateng, Nicolas Sula, Manuel Neuer, um, Joshua Kimmich, Leon Goretzka, Corentin Tolisso, all these guys in the middle, and also obviously Thomas Muller, who wasn't even playing at the time. These guys were all the subject of blame. And then what happened? Thomas, sorry, not Thomas, uh, Hansi Flick took over and, well, the rest is history. We know exactly how Niko Kovac is remembered. He's remembered as the guy who was sitting on a treble team and holding them back from achieving the greatest achievement by any buying team in recent history that was not even slowed down by the extremely disruptive 
global pandemic that swept through the world at the time. Anyway, the point is that these identical narratives are being used to them to be are being used to defend Tuchel. And I think that's the reason why I am so skeptical of him right now, because they do not actually make take into account any positive, how should I say it, any positives of Tuchel's own system itself. It does not say to me that, hey, we should keep Tuchel right now because his system offers this and this and this. We can see these and these improvements. No one ever seems to make that particular argument. It's always, hey, the reason we should keep Tuchel around is because, hey, we would have actually played better if XYZ player had not made XYZ mistake in this game. Or if only we had XYZ player, we wouldn't play better. Why would we play better? Who knows? Only because the players would be better or the players themselves would play better. Tuchel has somehow been absolved of a lot of the responsibility he bears for the state of the squad as it is and the state of the team on the pitch. That is, for me, the entire problem with the arguments are surrounding Thomas Tuchel right now. It is, how should I say it? Uh, what should I say? It, it is just, okay, I, I really don't know what, what how to sum it up, really, but it just feels like people are making excuses for him because of a certain degree of frustration left over from perhaps the Nagelsmann era and the way Nagelsmann was sacked. On top of that, the way Nagelsmann was sacked, for me, is the reason why a lot of people are more reluctant to see Tuchel go because they have some misguided idea that Bayern Munich should be some kind of one coach, one club man. And as a team, we should stick to this guy and have him build everything up for us. Like Tuchel is some kind of Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola because he isn't. He has never lasted that long at any club and he was brought in on a short contract two and a half years to bring instant success if he cannot bring that we should be moving on it's not the Nagelsmann style um how should i say it it's not a Nagelsmann style project and we should not delude ourselves to thinking of it as such unfortunately i think the board is all in on this and part of it is down to the fact that tuple has his aura of being a top-level manager, and he has a certain degree of clout, especially with transfer targets, including in the Premier League, and that is the reason why we are keeping him right now. If it were me, I would have been on the phone with Hansi Flick yesterday, or if not Hansi Flick, you Pinkus. If not him, then get on the phone with Zabi Alonso and get him in here right now, because I think that's the best way to save our season. Not only will it completely ruin Leverkusen, but it will probably be good for our team as well. Man, you went right there, didn't you? Um, yeah. Hey, I, I might, I might give Sebastian Honus a call. You know, today the you way can't that you do that because the it's it's the oh, optics, right? You yes. can't, you can't, you can't have early Honus sit down and sack Tuchel and then hire his nephew. It just, it just doesn't work. Yeah, um, you know what? I'm really liking what Sebastian Honus is doing, but then we just, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. They were, they were going to get relegated last season. They're sitting. So were Leverkusen one thing. You know what? Leverkusen was allowed to be relegated halfway through the season and they're one and three right now. Um, It's Dortmund who should really get relegated, but my God, (laughs) just to go back to Nico Kovac, here's a quote. And I just want to read this just, just, just to remember what it was. He said, you need the right players for that, meaning Liverpool style of uh, gig and pressing. You can't drive at a speed of 200 kilometers per hour on the Autobahn with a car that has the maximum speed of 100 kilometers per hour. That. Says oh, yes. It all. oh, yes. Oh, yes. 
And yeah. a lot of reasonable people absolutely agreed with him. That's the problem. That is the genuine thing. It's not like he was completely and utterly deluded at the time. If he, even the poll on Bavarian football works that we did at the time, which had like a few thousand respondents, about 70% of people said he was right. And 30% people said he wasn't. And our blog is very much, at the time, was very much anti-Kovac. So that just goes to show you how strongly people feel about keeping the coach on as opposed to actually criticizing what they are doing. Coaches tend to have a strong bias towards them compared to the players themselves. And I think it's only gotten stronger as Thomas Tuchel has taken over at Bayern. The part that really bothers me about Tuchel is every time that he mentions that it is because it's because he doesn't have XYZ players or he alludes to this, that, that that's why the team is not playing as well as it should. It shows every single time that he doesn't believe in the squad that he has. And it's different from saying we have a great squad. We have a lot of injuries right now and we could do with some reinforcements in January. That is very different from saying I don't have the midfielders I want. Because Kimmich and Goretzka are fit and they're playing. And that well, is, that is yeah. you know, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, the thing is about Tupo, I think it goes back to how he sees the squad as a whole, which is the fact that he doesn't actually rate the squad that he took over from Nagelsmann. And this is exceptionally obvious when you look at his treatment of the team's leaders. Every single game, Tupo says... Like right after every single game, he says, we have to examine ourselves. We have to do this. We have to do that. We have to understand what went wrong and we have to be better in the next game. He always says this. But the fact is that he is the guy who is in charge of making those changes happen and they don't seem to be happening. And on top of that, when it comes to actual on-pitch leadership, he always talks about how we need to take the responsibility for ourselves. But then he go goes around, turns around and takes the players who are the leaders in the squad, and he goes and alienates them, every single one of them. Not just Thomas Muller, who is the guy that people will think I want to talk about here. I've already talked about Thomas Muller plenty. He tried to alienate Joshua Kimmich. He's done it with Leon Goretzka. He did it with Matthias Delict too. Just imagine that, you know? This guy, he wants the squad to be a certain way, and he is completely... How should I say it? He's completely unable to see a system where this current team would function otherwise, which has led to his very strange experiments, such as putting someone like Chupo Moting in the attacking midfield spot instead of either Jamal Muziala or Thomas Muller, when any other coach or any other same coach would just be putting Muziala and Muller in the system instead of neither of them. It may be a misguided attempt to have Harry Kane more involved in the team, in the setup, by having him, by giving him a striker to play off of and giving him a more attacking midfield oriented role. But that is just the most backwards way of doing things. It just, my points are all getting jumbled up because there's so much to say. But the fact is that if you buy a striker and then suddenly you're back to starting Chupo because the striker you bought is not comfortable not as comfortable playing striker in your system and you need to put him at attacking midfield, thereby benching two of your world-class attacking midfielders, then where the hell in that entire process did everything go wrong? What is the thinking? What is the system? What is the idea behind all of these things? And it's not even like, 
how should I say it? It's not even like the experiments make sense. He doesn't even give it a reason for some of them. He just says, like, for example, in the Chupo case, he said he wanted Chupo there because of physicality, especially on set pieces. When has that ever been a consideration for a Bayern Munich coach? When is that ever mattered? Right? But this is the thing that Chupo does. Right. These reasonings don't add up. But this is what Tuchel has done. That is what Tuchel has brought to the table at Bayern. Yeah, the reasoning it becomes more and more strange when he realized Bayern paid hundred million apparently for an attacking midfielder, which Bayern has enough of. But just to, just to say, an attacking midfielder that Tuchel yeah. was credited for identifying like he wasn't the best striker in <laughs> the Premier League for the last seven or eight years. Like, oh my goodness, you you identified and scouted Harry Kane? How did you do that? Oh my goodness. Where did you find this guy? I've never heard of him. What the hell? Oh my goodness. And it's just, it's just look at Tuchel's transfer targets. They are never Bundesliga players. Araujo, Paulinia, uh, Kai Walker from back way back when. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. But I do want on Josef Stanisic for a second, who, by the way, is sitting on Leverkusen's bench during the league games. Bayern's defense is really thin. Mazraoui is not having a great time. Davies is not having a great time. And Stanisic right now would have really, really helped this back line. Yeah, the Stanisic thing. Well, it turns out that most people at Bayern are now only starting to realize that loaning up Stanisic was a bad decision. And I'm just thinking, yeah, I mean, everyone saw that coming. What what did you think would happen when you loaned out Stanisic? He was our depth. And now that he's gone, what are we going to do? The problem is that no one saw this coming before he was loaned out. And it kind of goes back to some of the problems that Bayern Munich at the moment. Tuchel is steering the ship and he doesn't know where he's going. It is really that simple. He doesn't know who he should be using in his lineup. He doesn't know what his tactics should really be. The players themselves play slow, ponderous football with no defined structure. Why? Because they have not been given that tactical framework to excel in by their coach. And I hate being negative all the time. So I'm going to say a few things that Tuchel does do well. He does give chances to youngsters. He has done that this season. Pavlovich and Matitel, they have gotten chances, way more chances than they would have ever gotten under someone like Julian Nagelsmann, for example. But otherwise, I can't really say that Tuchel has brought any improvements to Bayern Munich this season. It's just so many games of being bailed out by having Harry Kane in the squad or Larissane in the squad. It's just so, so, so it's depressing to see Bayern Munich play like this every week. You know what? Let me let me tell you something about the Matty Tell situation, right? Yesterday when he brought on Gnabry, I was I just looked at that and I was like, seriously? Bring your super sub on. The guy who has bailed you out game after game after game. And look, Tell tell won us, what, six points in the Champions League, right? Like, it was going to, against Man United, he scored the winner. Against Copenhagen, he scored the winner. So, to me, it was astounding. It, look, if you're going to start Chupo ahead of Tell, I'm not sure you're giving Tell the best of chances. Muller and Musiala not starting in the 10. I, I find that, I, I find that borderline ridiculous. But, if you start tell, I can still make an argument that, yes, you are giving this youngster a chance. Okay, Kane pushes back, tell pushes forward. It's almost like a two forward system. Okay. But I think starting Chupo ahead of tell takes 
almost takes away that Tuchel is giving youngsters more chances argument. It, it repeatedly, he preferred to play Pavard before Pavard was sold. And he had, he had more defenders in the team then. And he could have inserted Stanisic into the defense if he wanted, but he chose not to. And Stanisic, and that's why the Stanisic loan actually made sense at the time, because we saw under Tuchel, he was never going to play. Steinsich got chances under Nagelsmann, and um, he did really well when given those chances. And whenever I see Steinsich, he's decent. And I don't know what kind of player he's going to develop into. But lots of youngsters do well and um, don't get their chances at Bayern. Angela Stiller is an example, who's doing really well at Stuttgart right now. Um, I just saw I just saw an argument somewhere that Tottenham's midfield is better than ours. Well, yeah, I mean, um, without going into that argument... Pierre-Emil Hoiberg is in their midfield. I don't know if he's playing today. He's been lately on the bench, but he's also a Bayern youth and had played for played for the senior team as well. So to me, it's the, the players that are being compared with this midfield either had connections with this midfield or were not considered superior to this midfield at all, if you go back to the Chaka argument. But again, going back to Tell, I think his chances are actually starting to get reduced now. I'm guessing it's because when he has started, he hasn't exactly been brilliant. But you can't, again, put that down to tell. Because if everybody's bad, it cannot be the fault of all the players. But the one argument I hear repeatedly about Tuchel is who would you replace Tuchel with? And while we would all love to see Chapion on, so he's going to stay at Leverkusen for the remainder of the season, perhaps into next season. And Sebastian Honus is not going anywhere anytime soon either. Um I don't think that's a fair question to ask. Who will you replace him with? Because if things progressively start to get worse, does it even matter? And right now, things are not exactly getting that bad, but things are not trending in the right direction either. The last three games have been three different kinds of disappointments. Win, draw, loss. And you can argue that the Copenhagen game was meaningless, but the team who started did not look like a B-side. Granted, keep in mind that one time Hansi Flick put out a C-side and they got a 1-1 draw against Atletico Madrid, which was one of the most hilarious games I've ever seen. And Heller Stiller actually came on that game. So if you were waiting to see how much worse this ship gets, then what if you are waiting for a long time? What if luck trends in Tuchel's direction again and it takes a really humiliating Champions League defeat to see that the team is not progressing forward. And that might not happen as well. Tuchel might lock himself into a Champions League win for all we know. Well, if he locks himself into a Champions League win, then it's not luck. It, at that point, he's he clearly knows something that we don't. And it doesn't matter what the performances are. If he can somehow bring the magical luck to the pitch in big Champions League games, then it doesn't matter how many times he benches Muller or Muzial or plays this or that or does whatever the hell he wants. Because in the end... He will have achieved his target. Let me ask you this then. Do you think he can actually work himself into a Champions League win? Or do you no. think he actually knows something? There no. we go. Yeah. That's, well, yeah. that's the point, right? That's the entire point behind all the skepticism. You know, um, if people think that Bayern will not lose heavily in the Champions League, that is not true. Bayern has lost heavily in the Champions League in not Under too distant memory. In, under Tuchel already and under previous coaches as well. 
some batterings while Pep was in charge against Real Madrid and Barcelona, um, some surprise defeats via Real and Nagelsmann. That wasn't a battering, but it might have felt like one, just not being able to find a way past that via Real defense. But it's not like Bayern is immune from surprise Champions League um, defeats or heavy defeats. Because the fact remains that since that win in 2020, Bayern has not gotten past the quarterfinals, no matter the caliber of the opponent, whether it was seventh place Villarreal from La Liga or whether it was all-conquering City, who, by the way, had a really tough time against Inter Milan in that final. It's not um, a team that Bayern actually easily beat in the group stages under Nagelsmann. And that actually probably even shows that team's progression between Nagelsmann and Tuchel. In a, in a sense, but because Inter improved, Bayern did not. But either way, it's just, Bayern is not immune to this. And again, maybe Tuchel does deserve the chance to see out the season. Maybe he has some, he has done the board a huge favor. Maybe he was the biggest factor in Harry Kane coming and joining this team to fill a Lewandowski-sized hole. Sure. So uh, let's see how the season plays out then. But Yesterday was very worrying. Copenhagen was very worrying. Köln was not great. And so many performances have not been great. Apparently, this is Bayern's best start ever to a Bundesliga season or something like that. And there have been some other things that have worked in Tuchel's favor, which normally don't work out for Bayern. Normally, by the time Bayern play Gladbach, it's either the beginning of the season, like first game of the season, or it's some, somewhere around this time the way that the scheduling has worked out in the past few years. Gladbach either catch Bayern cold or they give Bayern a really good game. And by the time Gladbach steadied the ship this season, that Bayern game had already passed. And this happened a few times. Bayern met teams that were not ready yet. Augsburg replaced their coach after the Bayern game. And look at what's, what Augsburg has done since. Yes, they lost to Bremen yesterday, but in between they had some fantastic results. So even even the scheduling has worked out for Bayern, which is which is great. And, you know, um, Bayern might still win the title. Leverkusen has started dropping points. But it's just this, this team, the football they play is devoid of joy, is devoid of a plan. And it is hard to see because even under Nagelsmann, not that long ago, this team produced a wonderful display against PSG. And I understand people's worries about the fact that Nagelsmann was fired too quickly and that's why Tuchel shouldn't be fired. But Nagelsmann was not fired too fast. I think while the timing may have been wrong in hindsight, Nagelsmann's team was struggling in the Bundesliga and Nagelsmann had this habit of over-experimenting. So when it comes to looking at the Nagelsmann era, if we can call it that, there's a reason why Bayern decided to cut a five-year project short in a year and a half. Bayern sometimes gets decisions wrong. And the Nagelsmann one might have been one. But let me just put it this way. If another coach had come in who had produced better results or results on par with Nagelsmann instead of Tuchel, many Bayern fans might have looked back at that Nagelsmann sacking and say that might have been the right decision. Had Bayern, had Bayern lost the league last season, I believe Tuchel would have been on thinner ice. But just so happens... Dortmund happened because Dortmund always happens. So, in fact, it might be the two Dortmund games that's keeping Tuchel in his job because Dortmund forget how to play football every time they play Bayern. But 
and in general, they don't they don't really do that well. It's it's a miracle how well they've done in the Champions League. So I think we can talk forever about Tuchel, but let's talk about that Man United game. In. And Man United recently lost 3-0 to Bournemouth. They're having a terrible go of it right now. Um, Ten Hag almost always seems on the verge of being sacked and then gets rescued by a good performance and then seems to be on the verge of being sacked again. Had issues with Sancho, who's not even in the squad anymore. Just, just ridiculous things happening in Manchester. How do you see United and Bayern play out? And do you think Tuchel will feel the strong side for that game? And also, if Bayern follows this Frankfurt performance up with another poor performance against Man United, do you think that impacts Tuchel's future at the club in any sort of way? Well, I think there is a lot to say about that. The first thing is that, how do I say it? Um, Bayern Munich, I think, should field a strong 11 against Man United. I do not know what Tuchel would do, but I think that Tuchel is in a situation where he cannot necessarily afford to not do so. You know, I think he is in a situation where he needs to prioritize results above all else. Therefore, he will go with the strongest 11 he can field. Now, the players he chooses in that strong 11, that might be something that changes. I think maybe he'll finally abandon the idea. He'll abandon those ideas the same way Nagelsmann did when his actual job was threatened and go to the more sensible stuff like Thomas Muller in attacking midfield and those kinds of things that we always keep screeching about like a broken record. But the thing is that the reason I want the Man United game to be, how should I say it, a full strength Bayern Munich is because, first of all, Bayern just had a very long break due to the Union Berlin game being cancelled. And second, the Man United game is going to be something that is broadcast all over the world. It is a pretty big deal. And I want Bayern Munich, regardless of what our problems may be in front of our own audience, to present its best face when it is up on the Champions League nights. You know, therefore, that means winning against teams of the caliber of Man United, who are not actually a good team, obviously, but they have a big fan base. So because of that, we should strive to win against them. That being said, what will Tuchel do? Um, I'm not very hopeful, but Man United are worse than Bayern Munich, to be perfectly honest. They are a complete and utter mess. So even with all the problems that we have, I think we can be, still beat them. Right. Let's talk about who Tuchel will field. I think Muziala will come back into the lineup for this one. He is and, apparently going yeah. to be in uh, the press conference for the game, which usually indicates that he's going to be starting. Yep. Yeah. We know Gennady's out again. So yeah. it'll be Coman and a very tired Sane. Even yesterday, Sane looked tired. Like the two week break wasn't enough for him. And he leaves like a couple months off at this point. But other than that, I think Chupo just goes out of the lineup and Muziela comes in. And that's going to be the only difference. Maybe Mazrawi goes out and Limer comes in. And um, he, t- he did take Davies off at halftime. So I don't know if Rafa Guerrero might get a start here. That might that might also happen. Also, just just a point about Rafa Guerrero. And I, I quite like Rafa Guerrero, but I was looking at Byron's stats after after yesterday's game. And I actually forgot that Rafa Guerrero was subbed into the game. That's how forgettable the entire team's performance was. But 
yeah, so I do see Guerrero, um, Limer, and Muziala come into the team. Possibly Mazrawi, Davies, and um, Chupo go out of the team. Um, that will definitely be good enough to beat Man United, even on a bad day. I do think, though, that if Sane does not have a good day, or if Musiala looks rusty, Bayern might be in a little bit of trouble. Do you think this perf- this win would hinge on either Sane or Musiala, or do you think even if those two have off days, Bayern will figure it out? And it is Man United. They lost, just lost to Bournemouth, didn't they? And Bournemouth... Yes. Charitably speaking, I assume that Bournemouth are not secretly hiding players of the caliber of Harry Kane and Leroy Sade. So we should still win, right? Now, whether we will or not, that is the question. And the fact that we are even asking this, compare this to our complete confidence earlier in the season when we were going to go up against Man United. It's completely night and day. And the problem for Tuchel is that if he doesn't get a good result against Man United, the game after that is Stuttgart. And he's going to get cooked by Stuttgart, right? I'm, I'm saying this right now. If nothing changes from the Frankfurt game, or even if a lot changes, but it's like, if it's not a complete 180-degree shift, he is not going to beat Stuttgart with the way that Bayern Munich is playing right now. We are going to get absolutely slapped, to be frank. And therefore, if you get three losses in a row, having already lost in the DFL Super Cup and the DFP Pokal, it might be possible that Tuchel gets sacked in January. So because of that, I think that's a reason why Tuchel is going to field his best playing 11 for every single game all the way up to the winter break. He's not going to give anyone any rest. He's just going to tough it out until the break, which is something he can do because the break is a thing that exists in German football. He is going to go completely into job preservation mode. And we have seen when coaches go into job preservation mode, either one of two things happen. Either they figure some out some kind of magic formula, which actually happens to be the one thing that Bayern Munich fans have been asking for since day one, in the case of Nagelman, where he just decided, okay, this this garbage that I'm playing is not working. Let me just go back to a 4-2-3-1 with Muller in the middle. Or, or the opposite might happen which is what happened to Ancelotti and Kovac, where they just keep losing and they don't pick up any points and the squad turns against them and they get sacked. So, yeah. This is what is so infuriating about Tuchel for me. I really did think when he took over the Bayern job that he was a half-decent manager, that he took a Chelsea squad that looked absolutely hopeless into a Champions League win. He was probably PSG's best manager I would say among the group that they had taking them all the way to the final in the Champions League, although the draw was extremely favorable. So I gave Tuchel a lot of credit coming in, but each club is different. And maybe, you know, after his contract runs out at Bayern, I don't think Bayern will renew his contract. Um, Tuchel will go to another club where he will excel. Like, I don't know, do an Unai Emery level job at Aston Villa kind of thing. But it's just, it's disappointing. And I think Tuchel is smart enough to take the job preservation mode and go into back to the 4-2-3-1. I do think we're going to see the standard 4-2-3-1 till the end of the season. Um, that Stuttgart game, I think I saw Stuttgart against Dortmund and oh my goodness, they did not let Dortmund breathe at both times that they played Dortmund. 
And the 2-1 and the 2-0 scorelines flattered Dortmund a lot. Stuttgart should have won by a lot more. Today, just on the basis of that first half performance, if Stuttgart scores another goal in the first half, I think that's the end for Leverkusen in that game. So they have looked very good. Um, if Bayern's attack starts clicking again, which is not that likely, judging by the last three performances, Stuttgart, I want to see how Stuttgart's backline holds up to it. But if Bayern's defense has another horror show or does not play at least like to a good-ish standard, Stuttgart's attack is going to have a lot of fun. That being said, I do see Tuchel finishing the season. I really do. Regardless of what happens, regardless, even if Bayern get a really bad draw in the next round of the Champions League, and again, like, you know, get or maybe in the quarterfinals and get knocked out in the quarterfinals, I think the board has this faith in Tuchel that I have never seen in any other manager unless justified like the faith in Guardiola was justified he did come in with a lot of lot of cloud so even when he had suffered those heavy defeats in the Champions League semifinals it was acceptable to an extent because at least he made it to the Champions League semifinals and his team looked very good and he suffered from a bad luck of injuries pretty much every single season around that time but Tuchel warrants a lot of respect from the board apparently and I don't I just don't see Tuchel figuring out things but a switch of the system might happen. However, if the team improves, and I, this is almost a weird way of looking at it, but he can't no longer point to the performance of Kimmich and say, hey, let's go for Palinia again, or things like that. So even if the team performs poorly and let's say loses all three games, I don't think we're going to lose to Wolfsburg. That is not going to happen. Wolfsburg is just the only team Wolfsburg has been capable of beating lately is Leipzig, and that's it. Um, which says a lot, yeah. to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> right. Two wins, one in the cup, one in the league, both against Leipzig, with Kovac's job on the line right now. Um, been very unlucky, though. Should have been Gladbach in the cup. But if Tuchel somehow manages to beat Man United, beat Stuttgart, beat Wolfsburg, that would be great. If he has a bad run of results, I think he'll just say to the board, look at this midfield. It's not working buy me XYZ, buy me Araujo, which is, which is this, this thing is very, very strange, but okay. And maybe the board will oblige, but honestly, I, <sighs> I don't care. I don't, I don't mind if the board gives yeah. Tuchel new signings. I only care if the board starts selling players on Tuchel's recommendation. If the board brings in new guys on Tuchel's recommendation, well, Tuchel only recommends players that are obviously very good or obviously really terrible, you know? So um, the board, I think, as long as they follow those recommendations, they don't go out there. I, I don't think there's any problems there. If we do get Paulinia in January and we end up having to sack Tuchel, that's still a good player that we have signed. And therefore, I am in favor of getting someone like Joao Paulinia. Same thing goes for, example, signing... Ronald Araujo, if we spend a huge amount of money to sign Araujo, well, I'm not against it because Araujo is an excellent defender. He is exactly what we want in our team. I have seen him play for Barcelona and he has, he is very aggressive. He's very physical. He is able to play both right back and center back. So as a transfer target, he's perfectly solid. So I am not against buying and spending a lot of money to procure players like this. 
What I am against is potentially Tuchel sending players out. We've already seen the first pitfall with Joseph Stanisic being allowed to leave. Only on a loan, but still, you can even see how much damage a single loan has done to us this season, right? Therefore, if he lets someone, if he decides to let someone like, say, for example, Joshua Kimmich or Leon Goretzka leave, that would be really, really damaging. And what would be even more damaging, people, as you said, you might be inclined to give Tuchel a chance to the end of the season, see what he can do. I don't agree, because if he fails again and goes to the end of the season and Bayern Munich are not competitive, we have certain contracts that we need to extend. And to extend those contracts, we need to be attractive to potential players, not just our own, not just incoming players, but our own players as well. Alfonso Davies, if he has, say, for example... 15 million on the table from Bayern Munich and 14 million on the trade table from Real Madrid. He might take Real Madrid instead because he will have a better chance in his eyes of winning more worthwhile things at a team like Real Madrid instead. And if Alfonso Davies leaves, then maybe that opens the door for someone like Jamal Muziala to leave. And if Jamal Muziala leaves, maybe that affects our com- competitiveness to the point that other players start leaving or other players start rejecting Bayern Munich as a place that they might want to go. And that just leads to a cascading effect where just things just keep getting worse and you can't really stop the death spiral. That is what I want to avoid. And that's why I think that, well, I, I said that Tuchel should have been gone by October. I'm just surprised that he lasted so long. But regardless, I, I think that's why Tuchel should go sooner rather than later. I'm afraid that Bayern might tell Matthias Delict. I am really afraid of that. And I think he's a brilliant defender. But that's how things have gone down. And I can see that happen. I and think yesterday I was just thinking still... about that. Yeah. Yeah. You go yeah. ahead. I was thinking about that yesterday as I saw the defense collapse again and again, whether Dilek's presence would have helped. And also after the game yesterday, um, ESPN, uh, on ESPN, they were saying that when things went badly, like, you know how Thomas Muller acts as the press liaison, Dilek used to come up to the camera and talk to the press as well. And he would try to explain the defeats and he would all he would probably say we were you know we were just bad and we need to do better and this is unacceptable etc etc but he is a leader he is a really good defender i thought he was really good last season i would hate to see him leave yeah well doesn't rate him at least that's what it seems to me Tuchel doesn't rate anyone with leadership qualities at this scene he doesn't rate thomas muller he doesn't rate joshua kim he doesn't rate leon goretzky doesn't rate um matthias delict is it a coincidence that the team seems to be completely lifeless on the pitch and unable to come back and answer to bad performances at the same time that the coach seems to always be picking fights with some of his most vocal, outspoken, leadership-oriented players? I don't think so. No. Yesterday, I thought when Kimmich scored that goal, he showed leadership. He and in fact that I remember that Cologne game that happened when Nagelsmann was still in charge and Bayern was one 0 down. Kimmich scored scored a worldie in the 89th minute, and he is willing to come forward and take on leadership like that, even when he's having a bad game. And while that is not to the standard of Schweinsteiger, who used to fight for every ball and everything till the very end, I don't think that this team is lacking in leadership, which is another argument that I have heard again and again. Well, I, I think, think it is yeah. lacking it yeah. on the pitch because yeah. Tuchel refuses yeah. to start leaders. He refuses yeah. to start Thomas Muller. He refuses to really give much credence to Joshua Kivenki. It's it's 
a very much a self-inflicted problem. Like it's a problem that we've created for ourselves. I don't know what really fixes it except for the coach having a complete change of mind or, well, as you can see, him getting sacked. Yeah. Speaking of getting sacked, let's just go back to the Man United game and how Eric Ten Hag might set up the team. Do you think they will actually defend with no. two lines of five? They don't know how to defend. What does it matter if they do defend or not? They don't know how to do it. They had a lot of success on the counterattack in the game. Yeah, it's because they September. are good at counterattacking, but they're not good at defending. So realistically, if we field even a half-decent, half-competent 11, we should be able to beat them. Which, as you might know, is it, it feels like a tall order at the moment. But and, Man United really yeah. suck. They really suck. They really suck. I, I Listen, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I'm just saying that game in September was a lot closer than it should have been. Which just says a lot about how much we suck. But we still won. We still won. I, I should remind you. Yes, thanks to Mati Tell, who is not getting much game time right now. And but he's yeah, still there yeah. as two goals option in case of <laughs> in case of you're losing this game, break glass. Like, isn't that how Nagelsmann survived his entire tenure? Every time that he was about to like every time he was in a crisis, he decided, okay, fine, back to Thomas Muller. Yeah. Yeah. Muller had a really great game in the second leg against PSG. Um I think <sighs> that's just how it's gonna yeah. be. It's just gonna yeah. be that way. So, I think yeah. there might be look, I know Men United are bad. I, I know mm-hmm. that. And I have watched them on and off and they have looked terrible pretty much every single time. But but, but but that performance against Bayern in September tells me they might be more competitive in this game than we think. And yesterday against Frankfurt, Tuchel's luck wasn't there. And if Tuchel's luck isn't there again, there might be some trouble on the horizon. It might, look, a worst case scenario probably ends in a draw. And that doesn't help Man United because they have to win and they have to hope that the other game ends in a draw. So there's a lot of have-tos and, you know, hopes, have to hope for this, have to do that for Man United, which is not there for Bayern right now. Um, So I just, I, I don't think we're going to see a dominant performance necessarily against Man United. And I think our defense needs to kind of get out of their heads a little bit, considering what happened against Frankfurt, because while United are not the greatest team, they do have some decent attacking players. And listen, if if they managed to have as much fun as uh, Dina Ebimbe did yesterday, or Marmouche, who just held a play and who was wonderful yesterday, Man United have some players who are a little better than Marmouche, who, who are a little better than Ebimbe. And, you know, and Chaibi and Larson and the whole squad, a whole lot of them who were excellent yesterday. So I don't think this is as straightforward as we might think. Look, I'm happy to be wrong. It'd be great if we win four or five nil. It would be wonderful. But I don't think it'll be straightforward. Fair enough. I think we've said as much as we needed to. So basically we discussed why isn't Tupel fired yet and what we can expect against Man United, which is, I think, how I'm going to title this podcast. So... Thank you for listening. This was I Need No Name and Samran on Bavarian Podcast Works. You can find us on Twitter at Bavarian FB Works. You can find us on any podcasting platform, Spotify, Apple, Google, whichever one you like to use. And the next time we see you, we will probably be reviewing the hopefully a win over Man United. Stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening and good night.